Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Monique Scott and Bridget D. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And I have to say Monique is excited because she got to meet half of the Tuesday team last week when Janine was on. This time she gets to meet the other half of the Tuesday team. And I get to meet her. <laughs> well, yeah. All these lovely ladies, I don't know. What is Louise going to say? What's she going to start thinking? She, well, it start was like, you know, eight years ago. <laughs> we're, yeah, right. we're long past start. <laughs> but no, it's all good. In fact, uh, she actually is very supportive of the fact that I continue to do the podcast all these years. Um, partly because it makes me a whole lot easier to live with, but also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> she was just on one, right? She was on she, Friday. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay. What? Yeah. yeah, she was yeah, on Yeah, I didn't Friday. get a chance to listen to the whole thing yet, yeah, but I saw that. And oh, she yeah. may be on again this coming Friday, Ooh. and she may even be on Debbie G's podcasts. It's just oh, cool. a question of what we can talk her into, but yeah. Nice. It was great, it was great to have her back on the show. Oh. Um, now, she will tell you, of course, that once again, her being on the show caused technical difficulties, because that's always the case when she's on the show. That's her, her, her <laughs> key line, right? And sure enough, her Wi-Fi connection, I mean, she was in the other room. I'm right next to the modem. She was in the other room away from the modem. And about three-quarters of the way through, started losing a signal. Oh, there we go again, you know. Oh, my gosh. And I keep telling her, you you know, you realize that you're putting out this vibration right here. (laughs) She said, yeah, 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 yeah. But she keeps doing it anyway. (laughs) But, yeah, we're hoping we can get her back on the show again for another week this coming Friday. So. Good stuff happening. And we were talking before we got started today. We're nearing the end of the year. And we've got, uh, this is the 28th of December that we're recording this. Yeah. And not many many days left. And I haven't, I haven't uttered my, my famous line that I keep uttering every year. Where did the year go? Right. But you know what? Where did the year go? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it just kind of, This is something Joel Elson and I talked about a few years ago. It seems like over time, as you get older and older, the years perceptively get shorter. It's like everything seems to move faster the older you get. Everyone says that. I'm starting to think you guys are all true because I mean, shit. (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, I can't even believe the years that are burned. Yeah. It flies. Yeah, I I also think, Walt, I think it as we tend to get older, we become more aware of time. When you're young, you kind of feel like like my daughter who's 26. Oh, I got time. Oh, you know, I'll get to it later. But I think as we get older, we recognize that time in the span of a year anyway is limited. Right. And so. That's just what I think. I know I definitely am. I'm, I'm definitely more aware that time is of the essence. If I want to do mm-hmm. something, I, I need to do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's June. Oh, my God. Now it's December. <laughs> right? Is that how you manifest so good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to get your secret down. <laughs> you might be on to something there, Bridge. You might be on I swear. To Every time she's on here, she moved again. And I'm like, how'd she do that? (laughs) (laughs) I swear, winters are rough. And you're in Georgia, right? Yes. Okay. So wait, so wait, how hot is it there right now? Um, today it's 68, but that's only because it's raining. Nice. Oh my God. I would love that. Yeah. It's where are you? Um, in Pennsylvania. So I need to get my, I need to, I'm trying to manifest a move to a warmer climate. I'm not, I do, I don't do well in the winter. I have to say, I have to try a whole lot harder <laughs> on my walk though. You guys helped me so much. You three helped me, you two and Janine, cause I listened to the podcast from last week and I walked four miles and like had no clue. It was like, great. I just listened to the podcast and had no clue. Like I had walked four miles. I'd gone by. I was like, that was a great podcast. Four <laughs> miles? Like, awesome. So thanks, guys. Actually, <laughs> My life, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, an hour to walk four miles, that makes sense. 
So yeah, it's about the perfect length, isn't it? I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Well, congratulations, <laughs> also. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, I do what Walt did because I normally only do two. Well, you're you're a four miler, aren't you? Right. Yeah, you're but that's just because I'm lazy. I used to be a six miler. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And I'm a no miler. No <laughs> miler. <laughs> You can stare out your window and you're, is it always like your climate? Is it always that nice there? I'm like geographically like dumb. So, uh, well, I will say Georgia has very, what I tend to call light winters. So we typically don't start getting real winter like weather until like now, the end of November. Are you winter weather? weather? I didn't even think that you really got winter weather. Um, yeah, not really, not really. (laughs) So about the end of March, it'll start warming back up already again. And I love it. Yeah. It's not as great as Miami, but I'll, it'll do. (laughs) It'll do. It'll do. I was having a conversation over the weekend um, with a relative and we were talking about the different ways that people perceive winter depending on where they live. Ooh, yeah. That is, that's a good one. It's very different. Like, <laughs> I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up in Schenectady, New York, which is near um, Lake Ontario. So it gets all of what's known as the lake effect weather. Ooh. And I remember watching that on TV. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that it, what we're, we're talking about serious winter going on yeah. there. And when I was in college, my parents and my family moved to Connecticut, where I am now. And I followed them down after I graduated. And when I arrived here, the weather here was a lot more calm by comparison. I mean, Connecticut is fairly northerly, but it doesn't have the same kind of winter that you get in upstate New York. Oh, okay. Upstate New York, it's colder. You get more snow. Um, you get serious snow when the snow comes. I mean, it's it's a different kind of thing. It's not that we don't get snow here. We do. We get a fair amount of snow every year, but it's just different. And the net result is because of the experience that people have here, they don't really have the same skills driving in the snow. So the first thing that I noticed when I got here was these people don't know how to drive in the snow. Of course, they do. <laughs> you know, compared to many places, but they but compared to where I grew up, they had no clue. Well, then we moved in 2002, 2003, actually, to Virginia. And it was the same thing all over again, because by then I was used to Connecticut drivers, moved to Virginia. They don't have a clue how to drive in any of this stuff. That's so funny. <laughs> you get five snowflakes and they close the schools. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it, it just works. You know, the further south that you go, the, the more that pattern continues. So when you get to a place like Georgia, which very rarely gets any kind of serious snow, I mean, when you, I imagine when you guys get snow, it literally shuts everything down because people just can't handle it. The state can't handle it. It doesn't have the machinery to handle it. So it, it's just because it's so far out of the experience. Yeah. I don't know if you guys um, remember, we call it down here, we call it Snowmageddon, right? Um, <laughs> three or four, no, it's probably maybe four or five years ago now, um, but I mean, unfortunately, it really was tragic because some people actually did lose their lives Mm -hmm. um, because we did get snow and Mm -hmm. they told everybody to go home early, I think like around noon. So, of course, our traffic is horrible anyway, but then (laughs) you mix snow with the congestion. Oh, Sam said, I remember Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon, yeah. People literally got stuck for 24 hours on the freeway. Like it was a traffic that nobody could go anywhere. You couldn't get off, you couldn't get on. A lot of people didn't have gas. They ran out of gas. I mean, it was awful. Now I know to people who are in the North, they're like, how the heck, like what? (laughs) But you're right. We don't have snow machines. Um, They do like put salt and stuff on the roads. But let me just say, by the time they prepared, it was too late. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? It does, sure. Yeah, so yes, literally, our city does, even if they think, now after that, definitely, even if they think there's snow coming, schools, jobs, everything closed down. But you want to hear something really funny? I was, over the Christmas break, I spent time with my family. And um my cousin's husband, Dale, said that he was going to take 
uh, a job in Cincinnati. Well, he actually did take a job in Cincinnati during the wintertime and it snowed. This was like 20 something years ago, long time mm-hmm. ago. And he called his boss and said, Hey, it snowed. I can't come into work. And his boss was like, what are you talking about? We're all here. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about? It's snowed. I can't come to work. And his boss literally had to tell him, uh, that's not how it works up here. And he told me, you guys, he told me he quit the job. He quit really? the job and came back to Atlanta. Uh, because of that. He was like, no, no, I'm not used to that. <laughs> well, I'm that's so fun. I'll give him credit for that because he knew what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many people would have just stuck it out? Oh, God, I really don't like this at all, but I'll stick it out because I need the paycheck. Well, we already knew it wouldn't have been me. So I would have been something else. <laughs> no. That is true. Yes. We know that for a fact. And that's one of the things we love about you. I mean, you aren't yes. afraid to take a, take a chance to go do something to really make a major shift. You did it last year. Yeah, she always makes it happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we talked, we talked about that last week. I mean, actually it didn't happen. It didn't work out the way you expected it was going to, but did that slow you down? Are you like deterred from taking the next leap? Oh, heck no. no. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for 2022. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. I was talking with my sister over the holiday. Um, you know, it, it, she lives in um, North Carolina. So it's one of those situations, you know, we just, we don't see each other. And so holidays are like one of the times to get in touch. And we're, we're talking about a number of things. But one of the things we talked about was this, what we're talking about right now, that when you have, when you look at people who are uber successful, if you look at the entire history of their lives, rather than the part where they became uber successful, you find that it's a story of failure, 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 success, failure, 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 success, failure, success, failure, failure. It's a whole bunch of failures with a few successes mixed in, but all we ever notice are the successes. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's really the difference between people who are successful and those who are so-called failures. It's because the failures give up after the failure. Yeah. The successes don't. Yeah, and it's all about your mindset and, and how you look at failures. I don't look at failures as a failure. I don't even call it a failure. You know that. I call them lessons. Okay, That's right. So learned, mm-hmm. That yeah. lesson, I learned what not to do or how not to go about it, right? So then you just do something else. I always think of failures as the universe or God, whatever you call he, she, or it. Um, I just look at that. Okay, so this is the way I thought I was going to go where I thought I should go. Okay. That didn't work out. So er, that's not the way let's try something else. Right. I don't think it's an, I don't look at it as an opportunity or an excuse to give up. I see it as just another way to figure out how to do something. What did, I think they said Edison tried the light bulb a hundred thousand times. 10,000 is the usual number. 10,000. Yeah. Yeah, 10,000 times. Can you, that's a lot. (laughs) A lot, right? A lot of lessons. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A lot of lessons before he got it right. Now, just think what if he had on the second try and he was like, uh, mm, we'd all be mm -hmm. using kerosene. (laughs) (laughs) We'd still be using candles. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So if you think about it in, in that terms, you know, it's just a different way to go about accomplishing your goal. That's how I look at it. And they're all experiences, you know, I'll take all the experiences I can get. (laughs) We're all, we only remember one lifetime. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, then let's let's take this as an opportunity since we are near the end of 2021. We're about to embark upon 2022. Yes. This is a, that's one of the things we tend to do as the new year approaches. We we tend to talk about what our resolutions are and so forth. We we kind of agreed yesterday that resolutions don't really fit the time mentality, the the conscious creator mentality. But it is a good excuse to kind of talk about what what what's next on the horizon. So let me broach it to you guys. I'll go to you first, uh, Monique. What, what what's on the horizon for you in 2022? You know, that's a great question. <laughs> I think that I have definitively decided that I am 
not going to focus on coaching in 2022. Okay. But I will focus more on digital products like courses and my manifestation journals, my um, digital and audio products. That's basically what I'm going to be focusing on come 2022. Uh, I'm also looking at home ownership, but not buying a home or living in a home was, has never been my dream. Even being, if I was to get married, I always like the high rise apartment living. That's just who I am. But here we go with my real estate again, right? <laughs> but I could see buying maybe a four or five bedroom home or a four bedroom home with a basement because we have basements here in Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, and just renting out the rooms in the basement for income, stay there for two years and then buy my real house. Right. So that's what I'm that tentatively. That's where I am right now for 2022. Well, that's it. I mean, certainly if it's the real estate theme that you established last year, um, but it's also really interesting that you're deciding to not only get away from the coaching, but to do the courses. Courses are hot right now. I they mean, seriously. Are. They yeah, are they really are. Hot. And it's, it's really difficult, Walt, because the business coaching that I do um, with Jerisha, her business coaching model is all about high ticket coaching and not about digital courses, which is great. Um, her program definitely works. But you also have to realize or understand what works best for you, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of reflection I had to do over 2021. What works for me? Jerisha is Jerisha, and that works really well for her. I love coaching inside of her program. I'm never going to quit. <laughs> not that I can see, right? Um, but coaching for me is not how, that's not the type of energetic exchange I want to have with the world. Just because it takes so much out of you. And Walt, I'm going to take play the age card here. I don't normally do that, but I'm going to play it. You know, I think I am 20 years um, Jerisha senior. So she's only 30. She's got all this energy popping and so did I at 30. But at mm -hmm. 50, I just want, I want that sleep coin. Okay. I want to make <laughs> a product. I want people to buy it while I'm in my sleep. And I don't want to have to coach and do all the other things, you know, if I have a Facebook group, all the stuff I did before. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to really be able to have energy. So when my daughter does get married and have children, I want to be able to run after my grandchildren. I don't want to yeah. be like, oh my sense. God, I got to go coach. I don't have time. Right. I don't want to. Yeah. Do yeah. I'm with you. I, I actually tried doing some coaching a number of years ago. Uh -huh. Not a lot. I had one client that I spent some time with and a second one that I kind of spent a little time with. And I came to that conclusion really fast. It was not for me. <laughs> right. I could do it, but it just, it just wasn't who I was. Right. You can do it, but that's really not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let alone the energy part. And you're right. It is a, it sucks the energy out of you because you're trying so hard to help whoever it is to accomplish whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. That does take energy, but it, it was more than that. I just, it just didn't, I didn't feel satisfied with it. There was, for me, there was not satisfaction. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. I get a whole lot more satisfaction doing the podcast. That's why I decided to make that my, my main activity. And I'm glad I did. I'm but, glad you did too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, well, it, I guess it just comes down to what is it? That drives you. What makes you feel good? And you figured out that that's not what it is. So that's cool. Yeah. No. So how about you, Bridge? What, what, what's uh, what's on the horizon for yeah, you? Yeah. What's up with you, Bridge? Well, I don't do New Year's resolutions. Um, I just try and be better than I was yesterday. No, okay. Um, no, not really. Um, no, that, I'm hey, nothing wrong with that. that. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I don't do them. I don't know. I kind of actually like to look back and see what I'm like proud of myself for and like what I accomplished because oh, I don't I like it. my brain doesn't normally do that on like a regular basis. So like if I don't like write it down and like take time to do it, I, I, my brain will just tend to be more hard on itself and that's not going to get me anywhere good, you know? True. And I want to be proud of whatever I did and accomplished and, you know, so yeah, that's, that's more what I like to do rather than like set goals. Cause I kind of do that throughout like the year and whatnot. 
You know what I mean? Well, you, you have a lot to focus on for 2021. That's for sure. I know 2021 was like a major year for you. Yeah. Taya alone was just freaking awesome. So yeah. Yeah. I'm so not mad at this year at all. <laughs> yeah. You're not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> That's an interesting endorsement. I hadn't heard that one well, before. Well, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure most people would say I'm crazy for saying that, you know, and I understand why, but I'm going to look at the bright side that I had out of it. So. <laughs> okay. That, well, yeah. you left that one hanging. I'm not sure where to go with that well, one. Well, I just tie it, you know, like 2021, you know, most people like did not love 2021. I have to say, I'm going to look at my silver lining and, you know, I had Taya in 2021 and, you know, so I had a lot of good things in 2021 as well. So, We've yeah. been getting some interesting comments in the live stream. Um, really? Sam's there and Gregory and uh, Jeffrey's there, Joby. Oh, hey, uh, Luke's there. So a number of people checking in. Oh. Uh, Jeffrey said something interesting. He says, uh, I don't have resolutions, but I have new lessons that I want to apply to life and my relationship to it. Uh, that last line, his life and his relationship to it. That's something that reminds me of what Cindy Chavez would talk about because she points mm -hmm. out that we have relationships to everything. Yes. But I haven't mm -hmm. really thought about that way. Having a relationship to your own life. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I like it, Jeff. I like it. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought of it that way? Honestly, um, no. No, not, mm -hmm. not to my life. More so about uh, my relationship to the living things of the earth. Like, this morning when I was on my way to work, I said good morning to the trees. Yeah, me too. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff, but not like my relationship to my life as a whole. So thank you for that, Jeffrey. That's something to give some thought to. It mm -hmm. is. Yeah. I, I mean, as soon as I saw that phrase, I thought that's pretty cool. I really yeah, I like it. it. I yeah. like it. Now, Sam wrote in, he says, I see 2021 overall as a good year, as it was when I went through tire boot camp. Yeah, a lot of us went through tire boot camp in 2021. Thus, plenty of expansion, but also my mother transitioned in 2021, so I feel it would be odd to actually say I had an overall good takeaway from 2021. But then, Taya also gave me the tools to cope with said transition. So, well, Sam, first of all, our heart goes out to you over with the yeah. loss of your mom. Yeah. And Sorry. also, it's great that Taya is able to, because we... Well, those of us who have been through Taya know it does give you the tools to help you not only cope with it, but also to thrive and find ways to really appreciate it. So good for you for, you know, getting to that place. Yeah. But that's an interesting point because people um, have all kinds of experiences every year. And this year, a lot of people, particularly coming through, um, like I call it the second half of COVID, they experienced a lot of people experience people passing on and that is oh, yeah. it, it's a part of life it's a part of what happens but it's also it's 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 a challenge to get through it and depending on how young they were or how unexpected it was or whatever it can be even more of a challenge so even though monique you are not going to be a coach anymore i'm going to ask you to put your coach's hat on one more time <laughs> just, sure. just, just give us a, i don't a mind for you bit. guys oh okay all right well good yeah. So, so let's just give us a little bit about if, if someone is listening in who has lost somebody, some, you know, somebody important to them this year, what, what can you tell them? What can you say to them to help them heal and get past that? Well, um, the first thing I would say is to do what I did. So I lost my mom in, no, my dad first in 2002 and then my mom a year later in 2003. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2002 and 2003. Um, he had breast, uh, no, he did not have breast cancer. My mom had breast cancer. <laughs> My dad had prostate cancer. And how I was able to get back, get, stay normal. I don't even know if you want to say normal, but let me put it like this, Walt. Everybody was waiting for me to break down at any moment because I eulogized both of my parents' um, funerals. Um, I took care of all the arrangements, you know, like I, I was the one to do everything. Right. Um, I even took care of them before they passed. So a lot of people was just waiting for me to break down. And when I never did, um, a lot of people want to know, well, how did you handle that with your, both of your parents dying within a year? And I think the 
my process, I think it really surprised them. I don't think that they were expecting me to say what I said and what I told them. And what I would say to our audience is I took the focus off of myself. And that can be hard to do because when we lose a, a loved one, all we can think about is how much we're going to miss them. We think about our loss. Um, but what I thought about was my parents' gain. I completely took myself out of it because I thought, now this is just how I feel. I thought how selfish of me to want them to stay or to be upset that they left me knowing that one, whatever time we're allotted on this earth is what we're allotted. I can't be mad at that. It is what it is, right? That was God's decision. And what, am I going to be mad at him because of that? No, I'm not. Whatever they came to fulfill on this earth, they did. I was happy that I had time to enjoy them, no matter how long or how short. My life was blessed because they were in it. But I was happy that they were no longer in pain. I was happy to see them transition to a better place. Whether or not you believe in heaven or hell and or makes no difference. The point for me was my parents were not here suffering in pain from a, a disease anymore, right? And so for me, that's how I look at it. I looked at it more of a celebration of life. I mean, you know, in Christian terms, depending on your church or whatever, they call it a home going, right? They're going mm. back home. But I never saw it as my parents leaving me. I only saw them transitioning from one, from this physical body back to the spiritual realm where we all came from. So it was difficult for me to look at it as a loss. And I know that that, that probably sounds crazy, but it was really difficult for me to see it as a loss. Now, do I miss my parents? Of course. Did I miss my parents early on? Of course I did, right? I got used to talking to my mom every day. I got used to my dad spoiling me and, you know, all this other stuff, right? Because I was a daddy's girl. But at the end of the day, the thing that helped me the most Walt, was to really take the focus off of my me and what I felt like I was losing and thinking about what they were gaining and to know they're, they're just not in a physical body anymore. It doesn't mean that they're not here. They're still here. Yeah. I totally believe that when we dream about our parents or, or that loved one who has transitioned back to the spiritual realm, I totally des believe that that's them communicating with us, them letting us know I'm still here, right? So that would be my advice. Mm -hmm. That's what that's helped good. me to take the yeah. focus off of beautiful. me losing, but them gaining, right? So every year on my parents' birthday, I don't even remember the day that they died, to be honest with you. I don't. I can't even tell you the month or anything because that doesn't <laughs> matter to me. But I do remember their birthday, of course. So it's that. a celebration of life for me. Yeah, whenever they have a birth birthday, right? So mm -hmm. even though it wasn't my dad's birthday, my dad used to love real buy steaks and um, what do you got? Steak fries. That was like his favorite Friday night dinner that my mom and then when he remarried, my stepmom would make him on Friday nights, right? So um, today, what's today? Tuesday? Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. See, there's a time pass. <laughs> it's moving. Let me tell you, it's moving. Yeah. So on Sunday, I had a steak dinner in honor of my dad. Just nice. because I thought of him. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Firebirds and I'm going to have a steak and some french fries, steak fries. And that's what I had. And I just sat there and I just thought about how much this was my dad's favorite, right? It didn't bring me sadness or anything. It was just like, oh, I remember this was his favorite, right? So You said earlier that uh, it may that. sound strange. It actually doesn't sound strange to me at all. In really? fact, it sounds very familiar. And yeah, it would have sounded weird to me before, Ty. How about you, Walt? No, long before. No? Oh, okay. Years ago. What, my, my dad passed in 2008. Oh, and sorry. When he, when he passed, oh, no, it's fine. He had, he had uh, experienced Parkinson's disease the last oh. years of his life. And so the last few months of his life were pretty rotten, to be yeah. honest. Um, 
But I experienced something, and I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast in the past. I experienced something that caught me by surprise. I found that I'd done all my grieving before he died. And what I realized happened, it took me a while to figure all that out, why I'd experienced that. Because it, it seemed like I was like, was I being gypped? I, I mean, I didn't know what it was. But <laughs> it, after he died, I just felt good. Right. It was a very strange feeling. What I realized happened was I was feeling the grief before he died because of the pain he was in, because of the suffering he was going through. He yeah. wasn't actually in his pain, but literally um, the Parkinson's gets, got into his throat and he couldn't swallow. So he basically wasted away. Oh. which is not a really pleasant way to go. Right. And and he was, I mean, it was not a life at all, you know? So when he was going through all that, that was grieving. That was like painful. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when he passed, all of us, my brother, my sister, my mom, me, my niece, all of us had basically the same experience of this is great. He's moved on. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't at all anything about how, how sad we were. I mean, yeah, we were sad that he wasn't going to be there to be able to talk with him and share things and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but it wasn't grieving. It, my, now my mom, it turned out did have some grieving to do and that came out over the next few years, but mm-hmm. the rest of us had very much the same experience. And it was really wild. We were at the, um, we, um, the way my, my, parents did stuff. They, they, we didn't have a funeral. There was no wake. There was a memorial service. Okay. So we went to the memorial service and they had us all in this ante room next to the sanctuary and the, the minister was meeting with us and we were all chatting and talking and talking about dad, talking about what was going on in our lives and so forth. And the minister is like totally confused. You can just see the confusion on his face. I didn't know why he was confused until I thought about it later on. I finally realized, oh, we were in that room so he could console us while we were grieving, but we weren't grieving. Right. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that was strange for him. Now, the, to add to the story, um, I, I got to tell you a little bit about our each of our individual um, experiences leading up to that point um, where religion is concerned. Now, my mom and my dad um, were pretty religious. They were regular churchgoers and so on and so forth. My sister irregular and had become more and more regular over time. My brother and I, not at all. Um, I had just, just for the first time heard about the secret. And that was the first time I'd started to accept anything that had any kind of spiritual overtones in many years. Up until that point, I probably would have called myself an agnostic. I mean, I, I was about as far away from it as you could get. And yet despite this kind of odd mix that we had during the memorial service, the minister went out of his way to praise how amazing and inspiring and wonderful the pure faith of our family was. And I say, wait a minute, we don't even churchgoers. What are you talking about? (laughs) But that was the impact that we had on him in terms of, we just weren't in a grief mode. We were just celebrating his life. It was really odd. After they had a, um, uh, another place in, in the church after the service where we met with all the congregation and so forth. The congregation was in grief. The congregation methods, members who I didn't even know were coming up to us and we were consoling them. They thought they were there to console us, but we were actually consoling them. It was an odd process. Really interesting, but really odd. So yeah, when you talk about what you said, <laughs> it sounded totally familiar to me. Okay. Totally. And and my mom passed in 2019, and when she passed, I, I'd been expecting it for nine months. I mean, it wasn't. It was a shock to my sister, who was the caregiver at that point, but it wasn't a shock to me at all. It's like, what took her so long? <laughs> Seriously, I, I I don't mean that in a hateful way. I just I thought she was ready to go before that. Right. So there was no again. There was no grief after, which was well, really. I don't even. For me, um, I won't say I didn't have time to grieve, but. Um, for my mom, this was her third round with breast cancer mm. and she just didn't tell anybody. And I, wow. until it was like kind of too late, I guess, if you will, like too late for her to go to chemotherapy or anything because she'd done that twice before and she didn't want to do it again. And of mm. course I can understand that that was her choice. But by the time I figured out something was wrong and it really was a figuring it out. I had just, I was living in Georgia. She was in Louisiana. I called her one morning and she couldn't remember whether or not she turned off the stove. She said she'd been cooking breakfast 
And she said, hold on, let me go and check the stove. I can't remember if I turned it off. And if anybody knew my mom, she's just like me, very meticulous, very detail oriented. I don't even know what we are, right? But that sounded strange. And when she got back on the phone, she just started talking, not weird, but she was talking about stuff that just didn't make any sense, right? Nothing that we would, were talking about. So immediately, immediately when I hung up the phone, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. I hung up. I told my commanding officer because I was still in the military then. I told him, look, something's going on with my mom. I don't know what it is. I'm going to get China, take her out of school. I'm headed to Louisiana in the next hour, <laughs> right? And I took leave. And I drove home and that's when I found out. And my mom died within a month. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing so with my dad. Nice. He didn't tell anybody either. By the time he told me, it was too late. Less than a month, a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, both of them were very surprising to me. So I don't think I had time like you did, you know, to grieve or whatever, but it still wasn't, like a sad thing for me at all. Mm, Yeah. Which is particularly interesting given what you've told us in the past about your relationship with your father, because your father played a tremendous role. He was a tremendous influence on you in terms of the mindset and the approach to life you've taken. And you've told us about that in so many different ways over time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't not think about my dad and not, smile my mom too but i was a whole lot closer to my dad i think again just because i'm him i look like him i'm tall and slim like him even my <laughs> hands that's so crazy even my hands look like my dad he had nice hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so it's, it's crazy it's crazy that's cool that's really good well it just goes to show perspective is everything it What's is your perspective? you know if you know what your perspective is, then you understand what's going on. And if you don't like what's going on, you can change your perspective. That's it. And the thing you're looking at usually changes when you change the way you're looking at it. It does. It does. As Bridget knows, one of the things that you learn when you go through the boot camp, that's the Thai boot camp, is um, they have a few meditations that they have you do. And one of the meditations, basically, it kind of leads you through this trip starting on Earth. And then you go out into the solar system, you go flying out into the universe, and you see Earth from far away. And the Earth is a little tiny speck that you can barely even see and so forth. They're basically trying to help you find perspective and um, see things from, from a faraway perspective. You get far enough away and all of a sudden all the problems on Earth seem teeny tiny because physically it's teeny tiny. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It is, it's really good. It's very effective. And it's a yeah. great way to, to teach what they call source perspective or, or source energy perspective. Mm. Um, when, when you go through that, that meditation, when you go through that thought process, because that's really what that is. That's a thought yeah. game. It shifts the perspective so dramatically that two things happen. First, you learn how to shift your perspective. If you didn't know how to do it before, you know how to do it now. And then the second thing that it does is it makes you feel better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, I did like, it today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, and, and that 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 perspective. I mean, that's part of what the the Thai practice is all about: trying to teach us how to um, appreciate everything. Appreciation is a really, really big thing, but particularly learning to appreciate things that most people would not want to appreciate. And and when you learn the perspective trick, that trick of just seeing from way, 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 way back, it gets easier to do that. It's really easier to do that. So I think about a, a situation like losing a parent, mm-hmm. you know, somebody transitioning that you're close to. Yeah. And then I look at it from the point of view of perspective. Appreciation becomes so much easier. So I'm wondering, I, I can't say for sure, but I'm wondering how much changing perspective made it easy for me to let go of the grieving process before my parents died. Oh, I think a lot. I think a lot. I mean, because when you... When you think about it, Walt, that's all it really comes down to, how you see it, maybe how you've been conditioned to think about death or mm-hmm. um, how death has been traditionally handled in your family. That's right. So, yeah, I, I do. And I can't really I can't really say that it's been handled any kind of I mean, just the usual. Right. People die and you go to the funeral and people cry. I mean, that's just what it is. But I. Yeah. 
that was just never my perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just, well, you know, dealing with death, dealing with uh, transitioning. It's dealing with anything. Oh. No matter what it is that's going on in your life. I mean, Bridget, you, I'm sure you've experienced a number of things since going through the tire program and, and, you know, totally grasping their approach to appreciating and perspective and so forth. But I mean, can you think of things that have gone on maybe in the last year that you, you are now dealing with them differently than you might have in the past simply because you've learned how to change your perspective? Um, a lot, but really death is a huge one for me. I used to not like fear death, but I, it was like, it was definitely a subject like, that I look at way differently now. Now I do look at it as just like life is a celebration. Like we are lucky to be here. We're lucky for however long we have. Like obviously I don't want anyone dying or dying early or even at a hundred, you know, but like we are all going to die unfortunately, but I just look at it differently now. Like now I'm not like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like I'm more just okay with not okay with it, but it just gave me a different perspective. Like you said, it's a zoomed out perspective. It's more of like a God-like perspective. It's we're all eternal souls here just living, you know what I mean? Like a lot. And like, I don't know. So it just gave me a totally different perspective on life and death. And yeah, I didn't look at death great before. It was just totally like cry my eyes out ball till forever. My mom told my dad forever. Like, when I die, she's going to need therapy forever. And, dude, it probably, she was so true. Yeah, like, that was so dead on, like, for real. And, like, thank God I did go through Taya because it does make me look at it differently. Mm-hmm. And I know Jeff it affects was- a lot of people. Like, a lot of people do fear death and think about death mm-hmm. a lot and not in a good way. Yeah, so, like, it is a big thing for people, for sure. Jeffrey asked an interesting question. He says, do we get to acceptance faster? I think he meant when you when you change perspective, and I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Although interestingly, the 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 Taya teaching basically has you go through acceptance to forgiveness and then to appreciation. So it's like the first of of numerous steps that you go through, at least from the way that they teach it. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you get to acceptance faster when you when you change your perspective? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Bridget. No, you go first. Yeah, um, I totally, I totally think that. Um, when I saw Jeffrey's comment, I wondered if he was trying to say, how do we get to acceptance faster? But maybe that was his question, just do we get to acceptance faster? Um, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, but you, it has to be a decision. You have to decide that that is what you want to do. Um, a lot of people don't want to change. They don't want to change their mindset. You know, I've been doing it this way or I've been this way my whole life or I've been, you know, and they don't want to, they don't want to accept anything. They don't want to get to acceptance faster. But I think you just have to decide, like I just decided that it's not um, a bad thing my parents passing on, even if it's a year within each other. That's what it is. And I mean, I can't change it. I might as well accept it, right? (laughs) Very true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You have to want that, like, and then it will, you'll be in acceptance. You have to just, you know, be okay, like, you know, and you'll, you will, you get to acceptance right away. Then you're there. It, that is that mindset switch. Like you have to, like, it is just a mindset change. Yeah. If you change it to acceptance, then, and, and you accept everything that is, and you're just grateful for everything that is, and, you know, happy for everything that is, and yeah. You're just, you're there. And that can happen in an instant, Bridget. I think that a lot of people feel like that type of a change or, or change in mindset. Oh my God. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or it's going to be so hard to do. Yeah. But one thing I learned in 2021, and I know, Walt, I know this is like a radical idea, right? <laughs> we do a lot of this, right? <laughs> but, and I, I'm going to see if I can explain this, how, how I see it. Um, I think about children. Children, I think, are really good at manifesting. I think that they're really good at, um, what's the word? We call, well, I call it acting as if, right? You know, pretending, right? Mm -hmm. They're really good at that because unlike adults, they haven't had years 
of training their mind to the opposite, right? They haven't had a, a plethora of things that didn't work out or failed relationships or whatever, right? Um, all they know is here and now. They don't dwell on the past like we do. Well, I mean, they're only six or seven. How much of a past do they really have? <laughs> but um, if we can learn to be more childlike and just decide, you know what? It is what it is. That's what happened. I'm just going to move on from here and literally do just that. Just move the hell on. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't dwell on it. And every time it comes up, immediately change your thought pattern. It, it's, um, it's not easy to do in the beginning. But I tell you, if people can just learn to master their thoughts and their tongue, I say that all the time, their life would change dramatically, especially in how you view things that people typically think are negative, right? So that's my radical idea. Just just decide that that's not what it's going to be. I'm going to think differently around this subject. It's amazing how fast that, that, because it is a decision. It's It's a choice. You have the choice. What are you going to focus on? What are you going to believe? What are you going to accept? What are you going to decide? Right. Are you going to go with option A? It's going to be door number one, door number two, or door number three. I mean, (laughs) really, it's up to you. Yeah. (laughs) And once you decide it's door number two, then guess what? It's door number two. It's And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And changing your mindset can literally be that easy. I think people expect for it to be hard, so they make it hard because they expect it to be or that's the overall consensus. Oh my God, it's going to be hard to do. I don't know how you're going to do that. Uh, I'm just going to do it. Well, I think part of it is a- an expectation that it can't be done. That because I say that because that's where I came from. Bam. I came, I came from, I literally, I, I had been presented with the idea by one of the LOA teachers early on in my exploration of all this stuff. Um, with the idea that you can choose your response in any given situation. Yeah. And I don't remember which, which teacher it was who, who first you know, showed me that idea. But my instant reaction was, well, no, I can't because whatever the situation is, it creates an emotion with me, within me. And that's going to be my response. I don't have any choice. That's literally what I thought that I could not choose a different response. So if there was a situation that called normally for sadness, I couldn't choose to be happy. I couldn't choose to be laughing. I couldn't choose to be, you know, sneering. I couldn't choose to be anything other than sad because my emotions were dependent upon what the event was. And I remember trying to experiment against all belief, against all odds with, well, is it possible for me to choose a different response from you know what the quote default unquote response is going to be? Right. First time that I did it, I was in shock. I was literally in shock when I finally realized I had managed to come up with a different response and to really feel it and to really believe it, a different response from what the situation quote normally unquote would have produced. It was stunning to me. Of course, this is a lot easier, but yeah. Oh, just absolutely mind blowing to me. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I do, Walt. I get it. It's, it's been so many years ago, but back when I was going to church, I used to go to World Changers with Dr. Creflo Dollar and he had did a whole week long series on emotions. And one of his sermons was just that, just telling people that you can actually control your emotions. You can choose a different thought. So like you, what, what, what are you talking about? It didn't right? make sense to me that I actually had that choice. And I was so enamored with that idea that I bought the, that's how I'll tell you how long ago it was. He was selling CDs of the sermon inside the <laughs> bookstore at church. Right? And I bought the CD immediately after church because I was like, does everybody know this? Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like the first time um, when I was introduced to the science of getting rich by um, Wallace Waddles. And in it, he talks about God actually wanting you to be rich and have abundance, right? And he says, it's actually a sin to be poor. And I was like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you mean God really wants so I don't have to struggle financially, really? So this isn't my lot in life? I can choose something else, really? So I get it. I get it because I used to feel that way too. And just because you 
gain the new perspective, in this case, a monstrously new and monstrously huge perspective, just because you gain it doesn't mean you now are instantly able to apply it everywhere. Because it takes time to unlearn it all does. those old patterns. Yeah, it does. And the longer you've been doing the old patterns, the longer it takes to unlearn them. <laughs> it just does. But yeah. it's great. It's really empowering. Yeah. And I love what happens along the way. I mean, that's been the story of the podcast for me. Just learning to think about things in a new way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Bridget, I'm with you on on what happens when you adopt what we're calling the Taya perspective. That it just, it, it, it's almost hard to quantify what it is that has changed. But you know it has changed in a big way. Yeah. And if you If you want to pick some stuff out, this is probably one of them. The ability to shift the way we think about events that occur in our lives and just decide we're going to respond differently. A hundred percent. Now, the part that comes really interesting after that, and this is where it becomes experimental to actually, you know, feel it out, so to speak, is when you shift your perspective so effectively that you actually end up influencing the result, objectively speaking. Like, I, 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 I am experiencing X. I'm seeing, I, I'm in the middle of something that's going on that I don't really like very much. And I decide all of a sudden to just shift my perspective over to appreciation. And the whole event turns into something that's wonderful. Like, wait, or it just wouldn't bother you. And before it would bother you, you just look at it. And, zoom well, yeah, there's it. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, okay. And you just like laugh. And before you would have been like annoyed and like but, joining but in the, on the other, you know. But the thing I'm talking about is when it, when, when your change of perspective actually changes the result. That's, yes, that's, that's, that's kind of mind boggling. Yeah, that did happen to me one time and I was like, yeah, I was pretty, yeah, I was, that was shocking. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. You almost test to see, is my, is my sanity good right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, wait, was that real? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that real? That's yeah. the question. And then you, you test it off enough and you find it really is real. Okay. So, so what exactly is reality again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because the old rules don't seem to apply anymore. They never did. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> they never did. They never did. But boy, did it seem like they did. Yeah. A lot they of people really still think they do. They do. Yes. And when I count, encounter them now, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to where they're at. I mean, I want to like, you know, wave a flag in front of them and say, wait, wake up, wake up. That's not the way the world <laughs> works. But it doesn't, you can't really do that in most cases. <laughs> Most no. cases, you just have to let them go. But wow! Yeah, they'll run. They'll run away from us if we do that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, he's one of those crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom warned me about people like him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I love that ability to change perspective. So, if we're going to talk about what what the, we are leaving behind in 2021 and going into 2022, with I'd say that's probably the biggest one. The ability to change perspective, the ability to experience what happens when we change perspective, and the ability to appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll go with that. One of the things that uh, is important to understand about this whole tire process, um, I think I explained it last week, Monique, but I'll, I'll bring it in again. This all derives from teachings of the stream, which is uh, David Strickle's equivalent of Abraham to Esther Hicks. In other words, his ability to take information from source energy directly and translate it into English. Mm -hmm. And when, when you look at and understand the fact that, first of all, that that's what's happening. That's where this course is coming from. And second of all, you recognize and appreciate what the value is of what they're teaching. Um, then you start listening to what the stream says more and more. You, know, mm -hmm. you, you want to find out what the next message is in the next one because you've gotten some pretty good information. And one of the things that they pointed out recently is they, they made the claim that appreciation is a higher vibration than love. I thought, that, really? that, actually, that actually stopped a lot of people. That stopped David himself. Like when he, when he heard it and played it back, I mean, he was surprised by that one. And so I asked a question. Uh, David uh, posted in, in there's a, a group called the Tire Practice. Um, that anybody can be in. And he posted in there, uh, 
do you have a question for the stream? He was going to ask the stream various questions or have actually have the questions asked of the stream when he was channeling on his next session. And so I said, what's a higher vibration than appreciation? Because I'd already heard, you know, appreciation was higher than love. Okay, so what's higher than appreciation? And it turns out that the answer is there's nothing higher than appreciation. Mm. And the clarification that came was the reason appreciation is a higher vibration than love and higher than most of the things, love, joy, clarity, all this other stuff that we uh, tend to associate as high vibration is just that humans have a tendency to attach negatives to them, but they don't have a tendency to attach negatives to appreciation, which is interesting. Yeah, because you can appreciate something you don't like, mm-hmm. but yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. The, the, yeah. The, yeah, you think about that one for a bit, don't you? Yeah, but that is true. Wow. Okay. And then the insight I also had about it was to appreciate literally means to, in your own mind, increase the value of something. So when oh. you appreciate it, 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 it rises in value. So when I look at appreciation that way, true appreciation is where you're constantly raising the value of something higher, 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 higher. So, like if, so if love has a certain vibration level, at some point you're going to exceed that because appreciation is just higher, 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 higher. Right. Very true. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy stuff. Let me tell you. <laughs> he says yeah, that was it. like the matrix. My mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love it. That's pretty much how I felt when I watched the Matrix movies. Absolutely. And there's going to be another opportunity. They've got the next one out. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. That's going to be really good. All right. Um, well, since we don't do resolutions, I think we all kind of agree on that. You don't do them. Uh, I know Bridget said she doesn't. You don't do it to me either, right, Monique? So none of us do resolutions. No. So why don't we do intentions? Okay. So I like it. Let's, talk, let's talk about what's in, in the last minute or so. Let's just each of us share what what's like one or two intentions that we're setting for ourselves for the next few Days, weeks, months, year, whatever. Oh, I like when Monique said to be more kid-like. So, because I always like to be like that. So, I'm definitely going to make that one of mine. All right. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Got any intentions, Monique? Um, yes. I intend to, um, I don't know how else to say it other than, maybe become more spiritually enlightened, but that's really not the word I'm looking for. I'm, I'm, um, I'm intentional about learning more about, um, parallel realities. Oh. Um, opening myself up more to maybe even having another astral projection thingy <laughs> rather than experience. <laughs> Um, just really going deeper. That, that's my intention to go deeper in my spirituality and my connection with God than I ever have before and not to run away from the spiritual gifts that I know that I have and that I've displayed before, but I've just kind of like, uh, but you know <laughs> what? That's what I'm here for, right? That's good. I like that. I think for myself, I'm, I'm setting an intention based on what I just talked about. Now that I understand that the highest vibration is appreciation, my intention is to be more appreciative. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take as many opportunities as I can remember to do for the next day, week, month, year to appreciate. And I'm going to Why make not? it to the point. I, I know every time that I can think of it throughout the day, what can I appreciate right now? What can I appreciate right now? What can I nice. appreciate? Well, All you right. can't have a bad day doing that. Right, right. You're probably not going to. Yeah. It's not probably <laughs> going to do that. You're right. So. All right. Well, then I will talk to you ladies next year. That's the old joke. Oh, right? yeah. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys very much. Uh, we did have a guest coming in tomorrow. Uh, Susanna Brand is going to be joining us. Ooh. She is a coach who coaches people on career change. It's going to be really interesting. This is somebody that Janine brought to us. So want to tune in for that one. But in the meantime, we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.